This is the reality. Hello to you. Welcome to The Reality. Really good to have your company. My name's Dudley Anderson. The Reality is a half-hour talk show talking about the reality of God's love as found through Jesus Christ. If you've got a story to tell of God's reality in your life, I would love to hear from you. Please send it to me by email, dudley at surereality.net. Dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by a listener-supported radio ministry called Sure Reality. Well, today on The Reality, we're discussing the reality of the Bible, featuring the Reality Bible Special with Pastor Chris Horwood. Pastor Chris is a seasoned man of God. With many years' experience as a missionary in Siberia and Russia, Chris also has years of experience as a Bible teacher and a pastor in the United Kingdom. Today on The Reality Bible Special, we're going to be talking about the Bible. Is the Bible a reliable source of information on which we can base our Christian walk? Was the Bible written by men or inspired by God? How is the Bible made up and can we trust it? The Bible, as we said, it's 66 different books written by 40-ish different authors, probably written over a period of about 2,000 years. The first book written about 1900 BC and the last book written about 100 AD. All of Scripture was when God inspired and inspired and moved people by His Holy Spirit to pen what was on His heart. We'll be answering questions like these in today's The Reality Bible Special with Pastor Chris Horwood. Well, it's really good to be with you once again on The Reality Bible Special. And I have with me in the studio today, Chris Horwood. Pastor Chris, thank you so much for joining us on The Reality. Dudley, it's so good to be with you today. Fantastic. We're going to be getting into the Word of God and getting the Word of God into us. That's why we do this. It's The Reality Bible Special. So today... We're going to be talking about the Bible. Sounds sounds good. Absolutely. Sounds good. The Bible is a book. Actually, it's not a book. It's a volume of books. It's a volume of 66 66 different different books. It's impacted my life tremendously over the, um, I won't give you the number of years that I've lived. (laughs) A a few. (laughs) A few years. A few years. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I base my, my life upon the Scriptures, the Bible, God's Word to us. It is the, the written Word of God. But before we get into talking about that, Chris, let me ask you a little bit about yourself. And, uh, indeed, you are a follower of Jesus. You've done some missionary work in Siberia. You're a pastor. What are you up to? The, let's talk first about the Siberia work. I lived out there full-time for, for 12 years in the extreme far east of Siberia, working as far east as the Pacific coast. Um, pastored a church out there for 10 years and normally um, would be spending about a third of my year still out there um, helping the churches, traveling around the area. Um, sadly, I haven't been able to get out there for the last three years now. First of all, there was COVID and the nation went into lockdown. And now, of course, there's the, the issue of what's happening in the, in the, in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. As well as that, we minister around churches here in the United Kingdom, helping churches. And one of the main things we're doing at the moment, Dudley, is leading an organization called West Wilts Arise. Um, we live at Wilts is short for Wiltshire, which is the English county that we live in. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is all about bringing together the the towns and the churches and the Christians and the leaders and the denominations right across the spectrum from Catholics to Pentecostals to Baptists to Charismatics and just coming together because ultimately we are all one in Christ. Mm-hmm. Wonderful stuff. Praise God. Well, let's uh, let's begin then uh, talking about this incredible book, the Bible. The Bible is God's inspiration to us. It's our authority of life, Chris. It's what we live by Absolutely. as followers of Jesus. Absolutely. How is the Bible made up? The Bible, as we said, it's sixty-six different books in the the modern Protestant Bible, written by forty ish different authors there's some disagreement amongst who wrote some of the the books Mm. um probably written over a period of about two thousand years the first book written was written about 1900 bc and the last book written about 100 a.d and written in many different styles some of it is history some of it is poetry some of it is narrative some of it is prophecy and written to very different audiences some of it written specifically to the jewish nation some of it written to churches or to individuals in the in the new testament mm, mm-hmm. i think one of the wonderful things of the bible is such a rich variety of style and of content but yet you find in it this uniformity of revelation of god and who he is and what his purposes are and his dealings with man down through the ages Mm. so what is the central theme of this book we call the bible i think if you had to put it in a central theme it's the god's love for man in the beginning god created Mm. and Right back in Genesis, uh, man turned away from following God, went their own way. So God, um, in his plan, first of all, chose a man and a family. Then that family became a nation, and that nation, then through the nation came the Savior, Jesus, Mm -hmm. so that his salvation could pass to the whole world, and God could come back into relationship with people of every nation around the globe. Mm. That nation, of course, is Israel. Absolutely. God's people, the Jews. Absolutely. Um, But this... It's, it's penned by, by Jews, the people who penned, and I like to use the word penned, Chris, because um, as we'll get on perhaps a little later on in our discussion, it wasn't written by men. It was, I call, penned or scribed because the Holy Spirit inspired yeah. the yeah. writing yeah. Uh, of the scriptures. But they were all generally Jewish people. So isn't this a Jewish book for Jews? Arguably, one or two of the books were actually written by Gentiles or, or non-Jews. And right through the Old Testament, we find that God's main focus and God's main purpose are with the Jewish people. But through the Jewish people came Jesus, and God's plan then extended to the whole of mankind, Mm. so that the New Testament very much is writing to everybody, to the the world as a whole. But the message of the Bible, as you rightly said, is um, the fall of mankind away from this God— God being the central character right. <laughs> of yeah. this book, the Bible, because of the stuff that we've got in the world called sin. Yeah. We've missed it, missed the mark. Yeah. That's what sin means. Yeah. Um, and so 
the central theme, and it goes right back to the first, first of those writings, the book of Genesis. The central theme is God reconciling us back to his righteousness. Absolutely. Because we've missed it, because we fell short of his righteousness. Absolutely. And he did that through Jesus Christ. As I Lord think the Savior. amazing thing, Dudley, is right from the beginning, because it's Genesis chapter 3 that tells of what we call the fall of man. Um, in the same chapter, God has a salvation plan. He's already talking about it. Mm. And I think the amazing thing, even in that story of how Adam and Eve turned from God, hid themselves from God, tried to cut them, avoid God, mm. like so many people still do today, mm. God comes to them reaching out with the question, where are you? Mm. Where are you? And that wasn't for anger, and that wasn't for judgment, that wasn't for condemnation. That was God reaching out by his love and by his grace. Mm. And still today, right through the ages, that's still the heart of God for every single one of us. Where God, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whatever situation we're in, God reaching out in his love with, where are you? Mm. And he wants to draw us back to himself mm. through Jesus Christ. Mm, mm, mm. And that uh, is the central, again, the central theme of the prophets. The prophets prophesied the coming of Messiah, Jesus Christ, the, the anointed one, the Messiah, who was righteous in every way, but God, in his wisdom and in his grace, chose to impute our sin upon Jesus Absolute, at the cross. Absolutely. So that if we put our faith in him and repent of our sin, he will impute us with his righteousness. That's the central theme, as we've just rightly said. So all the prophets generally prophesied about Messiah. Absolutely. The the God, of course, is the God of love. He is infinitely good. But God is also the God of justice and truth and righteousness. Mm. And justice demands that where there is wrongdoing and where there is sin, there needs to come punishment and judgment. Right. So God could not just overlook the sin of man. God could not just pretend it hadn't happened or even just say, forget it and forgive it. Mm. So God instead put the punishment which we deserve upon his son, Jesus Christ. So whatever you've done wrong, Dudley, and we're certainly not going to go into that publicly on <laughs> the radio, no, 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 or no, indeed no. <laughs> whatever I've done wrong, which would take even longer, all of that, <laughs> yeah, all of that Jesus has already dealt yeah, with yeah, yeah. and paid the price in full on the cross and only in that way could God's justice and God's mercy both be satisfied mm -hmm. to bring us back to himself mm -hmm. now talking about prophets um, there are lots of prophets in the Old Testament I believe there are two groups of prophets they're called the major prophets and the minor prophets um, major prophets include the likes of Isaiah uh, to Daniel minor prophets Hosea to Malachi if you look in the uh, in the contents of the Bible you'll be able to um, find all those different names of the prophets what's the difference between the major and the minor prophets uh, the major ones tend to be somewhat bigger than the minor ones <laughs> to be honest Dudley. big mouths yeah <laughs> in, in the in the Hebrew scriptures in yeah. the, the the Hebrew Bible right um, the the minor prophets actually got all together just called the twelve because they all fitted on one scroll 
Right. So in the Hebrew Bible, it's viewed like they're just counted as one book, where you take like the book of Isaiah and the book of Jeremiah and the book of Ezekiel, and they are many, many, many chapters. Yeah. And because, of course, they're, they're much longer books running into 50, 60 chapters, there is much more being said and much more being revealed there. Okay. But I think it's particularly in those major prophets and probably particularly in the book of Isaiah, we get the the clearest prophecy of the coming of a Messiah. Well, we're talking about um, you know the practicalities of the Bible and how it was compiled and put together. We've got an Old Testament, uh, which is um, writings before the birth of Jesus, and then the New Testament, the writings after the birth of Jesus. The Old Testament covers a vast a much greater history than the New Testament. But the New Testament also includes these these writings called epistles. What's an epistle? An epistle is just basically an old word, which means a, write, a letter. Mm-hmm. A letter, and actually probably the majority of the New Testament is is letters. I mean, there's 13 letters written by the Apostle Paul, like I've said already, but there's also um, a letter to the Hebrews, which down through the ages, people still argue about who wrote that. Some people think it was Paul, some people think it wasn't. And um, there's a letter written by James, who actually was Jesus's younger brother. There's Mm -hmm. two letters written by Peter, three letters written by by John, a short letter written by Jude. Um, And largely, these were the letters that the leaders, the apostles, if you like, of the early church wrote to the churches at that time Mm -hmm. to encourage them in their faith, to clarify the teaching, to help them through some problems. Mm -hmm. And still today, here we are 2,000 years later, finding that the same letters talk the same Mm -hmm. things into our lives Mm -hmm. and our situation. Well, it says in this very book that God's word endures forever. Absolutely. You know, Chris, and and I can read a prophecy in Jeremiah, and there's a prophecy in Jeremiah that has spoken to me in my life time and time again. You know it well, I'm sure, in the prophecy in, in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Just one verse says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Now, in its context, its historical context, uh, the prophet was talking to the people of Israel who'd come, who would come back from captivity. Yeah. They had just gone, been taken into Babylonian captivity. But it was a prophecy that they would return to their land and be blessed, have a hope and a future. But it's written in the scriptures, and it's inspired by God's Holy Spirit, the Word of God, which endures forever. So I say, once God's word is spoken, it endures. It doesn't, God doesn't retract his word. Absolutely. And so if I'm holding it in my hands today, thousands and thousands of years after it was penned, that word speaks to me and speaks to you. That's the beauty of the Holy Bible. There's another verse in Psalms, isn't it, where God says, or the the writer says, um, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. There's another verse that says God is not a man who would lie or he Mm. would change his mind. Mm -hmm. And I guess it follows that if our God never changes, Mm. and it says in James, there isn't even a shadow of turning in him. Mm. And I love that verse in Malachi where God just declares, I, the Lord, do not change. Mm. And if God doesn't change, then I guess it follows that his word also is everlasting and applies down through the generations. Mm, mm, certainly does. Chris, it's so wonderful talking to you about the Bible today in the Reality Bible Special. We're going to take a little break and be back after this. 
You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website, surereality.net, and click on Become a Vision Partner. A very special hello if you've just clicked on in or tuned on in. It's really good to have your company. My name's Dudley Anderson, and you're listening to the half-hour talk show, The Reality. Today on The Reality, we're featuring The Reality Bible Special, speaking with Pastor Chris Horwood. We've been discussing the Bible. What is the Bible? How is it made up? Who penned these scriptures? And what is the central theme of the volume of 66 different writings we call the Bible? The Reality is a talk show talking about the reality of God's love for humanity. The Holy Bible's central theme is the love of God. God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. That one and only Son is Jesus Christ, the central theme of the Holy Bible. Now, if the Bible contains this message of God's love, how important is it for us to read it? Can we trust it? Well, let's join Pastor Chris Horwood once again for today's The Reality Bible Special to find out more about this incredible book we call The Holy Bible. Really good to have with me in the studio today, Chris Horwood, Pastor Chris Horwood, who's uh, sharing with me today our our discussion on the Bible in the, the Reality Bible Special. Chris, we've been talking about how important the Bible is, how it's compiled, made up of an Old and a New Testament, so many different writings penned over many, many years by 40 different people. Um, let's talk a little bit about those people and the penning or writing of Scripture Many people think that the Bible was written by man, and it's just a collection of, you know, humanistic philosophies. Was it written by man? In one sense, of course, Dudley, yes, it was written by man, because the only thing that God ever wrote was the original Ten Commandments that mm-hmm. he handed down to to Moses. And even when Moses had a, an anger fit, threw them on the floor and smashed them, <laughs> God made him rewrite them himself. <laughs> so, yes, it was written by man. And because of that, we find that the different books and the different writings do still have the personality and the, the time of the writer. But but it, it wasn't like any other human book where it was just written out of somebody's ideas and somebody's imagination. And I think there's probably two very key verses in the Bible that, that talk of that. The first is um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And I'll read it first out of the, the traditional translation mm-hmm. where it says, All scripture, or all the Bible, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and talks there about all the things the Bible is good for, and we might well come round to that, I guess, a bit later. But the 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 Greek word there is actually the Greek word theopnustos, which means literally breathed out by God. Mm-hmm. And the modern translation puts it this way, all scripture is God-breathed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like the Bible was written as God breathed on people, God inspired people, God moved people by his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to, to, to become the writers of these books. 
And then in another passage we find in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll read the old translation first. Knowing this first, no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think as we read that, he's actually he's talking as if the whole of Scripture is prophecy. All of Scripture mm-hmm. was when God inspired and inspired and mm-hmm. moved mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. by his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to pen what was on his heart. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal stuff. So, Chris, can we trust these men? Can we trust what they've done? Can we ever get to a place where I could totally, without question, prove to you that the words on the page of the Bible are the words that God wanted penned, the answer to that would be no. Because every aspect of Christianity is a place of faith. Mm. God relates to us and looks for us to respond with faith. Mm-hmm. The evidence, I think, for the the Bible authenticity for the Babel's authority is enormous. Mm. Some people argue, but there are no original manuscripts. And and that is true, but there are also no single manuscripts for any book of the Bible. Every book of the Bible we've got has multi-manuscripts behind it, Mm. which overwhelmingly agree with what was written there. Mm. And For some reason, we get so hung up and so picky about little differences and the little ways in which the Bible seems to disagree with itself or whatever, Mm. that we miss the 99% time Mm. where the Bible universally Mm. agrees with itself and the manuscripts universally Mm. agree with themselves. But the God who was able to orchestrate and move and inspire these godly men. And surely it wasn't just the inspiration of the moment. There was God's hand upon their entire lives to bring them to that place where they were, where they were prepared, where their Mm -hmm. character, where their life, Mm -hmm. where that, where they were, they were ready Mm-hmm. As a does, does that make sense? The Apostle John, who penned uh, abs- Revelation, absolutely example. Absolutely, we look at the course of the Apostle Paul, who we all know the story of the road to Damascus experience, where God radically turned him around. But God's hand had been on his life mm-hmm. from the moment of his birth, through his training as a Pharisee, his training in rabbinical teaching mm-hmm. and whatever. God's mm-hmm. hand was on those writers. Mm-hmm to prepare them to be the vessel before he ever inspired them to write the word. Mm -hmm. And I have no problem believing that my God, who can imagine the whole of creation, Mm -hmm. who can imagine and create it out of his own imagination when there was nothing just by his word Mm. i have no problem believing that my god can also preserve it Mm. can also Mm. preserve his word guard his word keep the authenticity and accuracy of his word Mm. because my god is well 
big enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And that I can trust, Dudley. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, getting back again to one of the prophets, the Old Testament, again, Jeremiah, uh, it says in Jeremiah chapter 1 that he is watching over his Absolutely. word to perform it. And he is Absolutely. an eternal being. That means God is outside. Uh, well, he's, technically God isn't outside of space and time. God encompasses space and time. But he's not He's not uh, restricted by time, and if he's watching over his word, then he's ensuring that the penning, right from the the first book that we believe was possibly the book of Job, right until the book of Revelation, God has watched over the scribing of his word. That's right. He's also, I believe, Chris, watched over the preservation of that word. I have that book in my hands today in the 21st century. That's phenomenal. Absolutely. And you have just put that so much clearer than I tried to. <laughs> you, know, you did Thank a good you. job. No, you did a good job. That was great. So uh, the uh, one of the important things, um, just as we come to an end uh, today, uh, Chris, is um, interpreting the scripture, exegesis, I believe it's called, when you interpret scripture. You have to interpret it within context. So we don't take one verse out of context uh, and then make it fit into my lifestyle or into my situation or my circumstances. I have to read it within the context of the verses within that chapter, that book, and then the whole Bible. Absolutely. The whole Bible is written to confirm the whole Bible. Absolutely. So we find books, or rather we find verses in the New Testament penned thousands of years after the books of the Old Testament in confirmation with book, with words that were written thousands of years previously. And that's the beauty of the Bible. The interpretation of Scripture stands sure, and we need Abs- to read it within its context. Absolutely. I think one thing perhaps is relevant to say here too, Dudley, is when the Bible was originally written, it was not written with the chapters and the verses mm. that we now mm. take mm. for granted. Mm. Um, and actually, possibly in many places, the verse divisions have not been put in the best places so to, when the Bible was written, it was written as, or when when a, an epistle was written, or one of the historical books was written, it was written as a continuous piece of prose or mm. a continuous bit of poetry. Mm-hmm. So to to understand the Bible right and to expound the Bible right, it always has to be in the context of what comes before it, what comes after it, mm. and in then the context of what does the Bible as a whole say. Mm, mm, mm. Interestingly, when they were deciding which books should be in the New Testament and which books should not be in the New Testament, which is what we technically call the canon of Scripture, one of the big criteria they used was actually how much what was taught in that book lined up with the Bible as a whole. Mm. And that must be our benchmark mm-hmm. for how we interpret an individual. Mm-hmm. Most most error, most heresy, most sects have beca- begun because people have found something in the Bible and it might indeed be what that verse says, but you're taking it out of context. Mm-hmm. You're taking it, ignoring what the Bible as a whole is teaching. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. The Bible, a beautiful book, and it's meant a lot to me in my life and indeed to you in your life. Dudley, before we finish, I must read the end of 2 Timothy chapter 3, which we looked at earlier. May I do that? Go ahead. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, because I think this is such a good way to end. All scripture 
is given by inspiration of God. And as we see, means breathed out by God. And it's profitable Mm. for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete or mature and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what the Bible does. Chris Horde, thank you for joining us today on the Reality Bible Special. Well, a massive thanks to Pastor Chris Horde for sharing today's the Reality Bible Special with me. Yes, talking about the Bible, how we should read the Bible, what it means to us. I'd like to encourage you to read the Bible. You know, I always encourage folk to read the Bible slowly. Take as long as you like to read the Bible because you've got the rest of your life to read it So read it for the rest of your life. If you have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me by email, dudley at surereality.net. Email me, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality. We really appreciate support from our listeners. If you would like to partner with us financially and through prayer, please visit our website, surereality.net, and click on the menu option, Become a Vision Partner. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you as always, walk in the sure reality of Christ. <music>